This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Happy Halloween, everyone, for this Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Emma Johnson. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, kids return to school and plan to trick or treat as Maine communities start to heal from mass shooting. All in your daily source for Marshall Broadcast News, Samantha Riddle will be in with the Metro Huntington Weather Forecast, and Lydia Montague will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. The current temperature outside is a bone chilling 50 degrees. And now on to our top story. Today, a deluge of Israeli airstrikes on a refugee camp near Gaza City has demolished apartment buildings, leaving craters where they once stood, while ground troop battles Hamas militants across northern Gaza. Excuse me. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has meanwhile rejected calls for a ceasefire. The Palestinian death toll in the war has reached 8,525, according to the Hamas-run health ministry in Gaza. In the, in the occupied West Bank, more than 110 Palestinians have been killed. More than 1,400 people in Israel have been killed, most of them civilians slain in the initial Hamas rampage. One of the 240 hostages taken from Israel into Gaza by the militant group was rescued in a special forces operation. Children have returned to school and plan to go trick-or-treating in Lewiston, Maine, after the deadliest mass shooting in state history. Area residents spent days locked in their homes last week while police searched for the man who fatally shot 18 people at a bowling alley and a bar. He was found dead on Friday. Today, hundreds of students returned to a high school that had been recently transformed into a law enforcement command post. Inside, students petted therapy dogs and signed a large banner that read Lewis and Strong, the community's new motto. The Supreme Court is wrestling with whether public officials can block critics from commenting on their social media accounts. The issue first arose in a case involving former President Donald Trump. Today, the justices heard arguments in two cases involving lawsuits filed by people who were blocked after leaving critical comments on social media accounts belonging to school board members in Southern California and a city manager in Port Huron, Michigan, northeast of Detroit. The cases forced the court to deal with the competing free speech rights of public officials and their constituents, and all in a rapidly evolving virtual world. It was not clear where the court would land. Massachusetts is working to fully atone for its witch trial legacy nearly 400 years after the first person was executed there for witchcraft. The latest push comes from a group dedicated to clearing the names of all of those accused, arrested, or indicted for witchcraft in the state. This is whether or not the accusations ended in death. Hundreds of individuals were accused of witchcraft excuse me, witchcraft in Massachusetts, home of the infamous Salem witch trials between 1638 and 1693. Most escaped execution but have yet to have their names formerly cleared by lawmakers. Maui police held a news conference to show 16 minutes of body camera footage taking the day a wildfire tore through Lahaina town in August. The video includes shots of officers rescuing 15 people from a coffee shop and taking a severely burned man to the hospital. Chief John Pelletier said... Yesterday, his department faced a deadline to release 20 hours of body camera footage in response to an open records request and wanted to provide some context for what people would see before the video came out. Maui County provided the AP with 911 call recordings earlier this month. 
coming up. Oh my gourd, two pumpkin themed reports, that and more news from across the tri state area when News Center 88 returns right after this. Imagine a friend has just told you they were diagnosed with a mental illness. What would you do? Awkward, isn't it? But what's even more awkward is if you're not there for them, they'll be less likely to recover. Mental illness. What a difference a friend makes. To learn more, go to whatadifference.org. This message is brought to you by the Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. You okay? Yeah, I'm just allergic to all of these irritating radio stations. If you are being slowed down daily by drab radio stations, ask your doctor about taking WMUL. WMUL works by sending a stream of exciting news and sports coverage to the brain while taking out all the commercials slowing you down. Oh, much better. Thank you, WMUL. Side effects include but are not limited to exciting bouts of metal, jazz, blues, alternative hip-hop, gospel, rock, and more. A deficiency in commercials and an intense feeling of personal satisfaction and joy. Do not take WMUL if you hate happiness. I don't hate happiness. Ask your doctor about taking WMUL-FM 88.1. Hi, this is John Bon Jovi, asking you to go to serve.gov to get involved in something you believe in. I'm a big believer in the power of we. We weren't born. We can tackle the tough challenges we face and build community through service and volunteering. United we stand, united we serve. Are you with me? Go to serve.gov for more information about how to volunteer in your community. This message is brought to you by United We Serve and the Corporation for National and Community Service. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best spot news reporting by the Virginia's Associated Press. I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Emma Johnson. Republican Governor Jim Justice has appointed a city administrative clerk from Central West Virginia to the state legislator. Erica J. Moore, a Roan County Republican who works as a City of Spencer utility clerk, will represent the 15th District in the State House of Delegates. Moore will serve as the reminder of the term, excuse me, the remainder of the term vacated by former delegate Riley Keaton. Keaton announced earlier this month that he was departing to take state a state government job. Moore said she's looking forward to serving the legislator and contributing to policy with her knowledge of water and sewer issues from her work in the city. It's spooky season, and that means the annual tradition around here, fondly referred to as the Pumpkin House, is maybe the most popular road trip for Marshall students right now. About 20 years ago, I got an invitation from the Martha Stewart Show to appear in New York on her program. I told them I can't do that. They wanted to do it like two days before Halloween. I said, we'll be finishing up, I can't do it. So as a consolation prize, they sent me a beater. It looks like a mixer beater with a long stem. In her honor, we named that the Marthanator and we use the Marthanator back there to really scoop the hard pumpkins. People travel across the tri-state and the country to see the pumpkin extravaganza. Rick says the pumpkins he designs by hand all have a story behind them. To annoy my neighbors, we have a group of about 30 to 50 cats that human voices acting like cats sing, God bless America and other favorites, and uh, it goes on until dawn, so I'm sure my neighbors love me. The cat choir Rick describes has even played a role in drawing a reaction out of some people who pass through to catch a glimpse of the house. This is especially true when the pumpkins are designed to mimic presidential candidates. A cat choir jumped in and sang God Bless America. Well, the first time we set that up, a lady with a Trump t-shirt came around the corner and I thought, she's gonna pull a 
pistol out of her purse and shoot me. And I said, I hope this doesn't offend you, ma'am. And she looked at them both and she said, are you kidding? They're both pumpkin heads. So I survived that one. Last year, Rick says someone came by to smash the pumpkin resembling President Joe Biden. This year, he has a plan in place to prevent that. This year, I'm going to make two Bidens, and uh, if one gets smashed, I'll replace him with another. Another fond memory about the pumpkin house involves a student who volunteered to carve for an unusual purpose. He had flunked a test, and his professor said, if you volunteer for three hours at the pumpkin house, I'll give you 10 points. And I looked at him and I said, you know what? It's great to have you here. I appreciate your help, but next time it would be a lot easier to study. The Pumpkin House welcomes students and members of the community to stop by and enjoy the decor surrounding Rick and all his hard work in preparation for this year's display. For News Center 88, I'm Luke Hamilton. Tonight is the last night to visit the Pumpkin House, and the house will be lit up all night and the display will be torn down tomorrow morning. With the end of the semester approaching, Marshall University students had the chance to smash a member of the Gord family. Pumpkins became the target for students to relieve stress. The fourth annual pumpkin smash held by Housing and Residence Life took over campus as students gathered to write their stressors on pumpkins and then smash them. Never! As pumpkin guts flew, the stress students were feeling disappeared. I wanted to go to a rage room for a little bit, and I know there's one in Huntington, or not in Huntington, but in Barbersville, and I haven't been able to go, but this was pretty good. <laughs> it was so much fun and definitely a stress relief. By smashing one of everyone's favorite fall decorations, students were also able to connect with each other. This is something that you can only experience here and now and draws a kind of, enriches your story while you're here, I feel. Despite getting covered in pumpkin guts, students had a blast smashing pumpkins. For News Center 88, I'm Emma Johnson. With only around three weeks left until Thanksgiving break, the pumpkin smash was a hit among students. Coming up next, West Virginia University Vice President is stepping down after academic and faculty reductions. That and more news from around the nation when News Center 88 returns. Stay with us. Hey, Patrick, what's up? Hey, Michael, what's up with you? Uh, why does your voice sound like that? I know, it's awesome. I sound like a robot. You sound like T-Pain or Kanye. Yeah, that's the idea. Well, if you like the sound of those rappers, just tune in to 88.1 and listen to the new and old hip-hop hits. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Your voice is stuck like that, isn't it? Yeah, kinda. You moron. For the very best hip-hop, tune in to 88.1 WMUL-FM. Did you know that 63% of homes contain allergens from cockroaches? And that mice spread potent asthma triggers found in 82% of homes? It's true. Common household pests are major offenders on the list of indoor allergens. Learn what you can do to help your family breathe easier. Visit PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best radio news reporting by the Society of Professional Journalists Mark of Excellence Awards. I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Emma Johnson. The United Auto Workers Union is providing more details about tentative contract agreements with Detroit automakers that include pay raises of 25% over four years and eight months. The UAW leaders spoke out about the tentative agreements with Ford on Sunday night and posted it online.
Now rank-and-file union members will vote whether to ratify the agreement. The UAW didn't get the 40% raises it asked for at the start of the negotiations, but it got a lot more than the 9% that Ford offered at the beginning. Before the strike that started in mid-September, the UAW is dropping a request of 40 hours of pay for a 32-hour work week and traditional pensions for more workers. A key figure in West Virginia University's wide-ranging reductions to academic programs and faculty positions is stepping down. Rob Alsop has been the university's vice president for strategic initiatives since 2017. University President E. Gordon G. says Alsop will become his special advisor for the next three months before leaving for good. A statement from the university did not specify whether Alsop had, had found a new job elsewhere. Alsop had an upfront role in explaining proposals and initiatives during key university meetings. In September, the university's Board of Governors approved the academic and faculty cuts as it grapples with a $45 million budget shortfall. Firefighters aided by aircraft are battling to contain a wind-driven wildfire that has damaged or destroyed at least nine buildings in Southern California and forced authorities to issue evacuation orders for 4,000 residents. The Highland Fire is burning near Riverside County after breaking out yesterday and being spread by gusty Santa Ana winds over a 3.5 square miles of bushy hills. Fire spokesman Jeff LaRusso says about 1,300 homes are under evacuation orders. So far, no injuries are reported, but three structures are confirmed destroyed and six others have been damaged. Maine's authorities are trying to piece together the events that led to the worst mass shooting in the state's history. A sheriff's office reported yesterday that the shooter's family had expressed concerns about his deteriorating mental health five months before the rampage. The county sheriff's office reached out to officials of Robert Card's Army Reserve Unit, which assured deputies that they would speak to Card and make sure he got medical attention. The gunman has shot 18 people and wounded 13 others at a bowling alley and then a bar in Lewiston on October 25th. Toyota will invest an additional $8 billion into the hybrid and electric vehicle battery factory it's constructing in North Carolina. The investment more than doubles the company's prior investments and expected number of new jobs. The Japanese automotive manufacturer, excuse me, manufacturer pro- projects the new investment will bring the job creation total to more than 5,000 when the plant begins operations in 2025. The local gear excuse me, the location near Greensboro will serve as Toyota's of lithium battery production in New York or in North America. It will be a key supplier for the Kentucky-based plant tasked with building Toyota's first U.S.-made electric vehicles. Coming up next, cutting-edge AI raises fears about risks to humanity. Are tech and political leaders doing enough? Your daily political update when News Center 88 returns, right after this. Worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back into the Soul Ballroom at the Convention Center in Riviera Maya, Mexico. WMUL welcomes you to the mountain town of Blacksburg, Virginia. We are high up here at the Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. It's the 2005 Kraft Mac Women's Basketball Tournament. Welcome back to Firestone Stadium in Akron, Ohio. The 2005. Right in the first inning, no score here at Appalachian Power Park. Marshall. WMUL FM. Huntington. But mom, don't but mom me. You heard what the doctor said. 
I'm fine. I just got my bell rung. It's not like I blacked out. You've had headaches, dizzy spells, and you're just not yourself. That's not feeling fine. Come on, I can't miss the game. It's still serious, even if you didn't black out. It's better to miss one game than the whole season. All concussions are serious. Know the warning signs and never let your child return to play before a healthcare professional says it's okay. A message from CDC. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Emma Johnson. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and Secretary of State Antony Blinken are urging an increasingly divided Congress to immediately send major aid to both Israel and Ukraine. They said at a Senate hearing today that in addition to helping the two countries in their fights against Hamas and Russia, broad support for the foreign aid would send a vital signal of strength to U.S. adversaries worldwide. The leader's testimony comes as the administration's massive $105 billion emergency aid request for conflicts in those countries and others has hit roadblocks. There is a bipartisan support in the Democratic-led Senate for for sending aid to both countries, but in Republican-led House, new Speaker Mike Johnson has proposed focusing on Israel alone. Lawyers in Colorado are sparring over former President Donald Trump's relationship with the mob that attacked the Capitol. That's an important point in a lawsuit seeking to bar him from the 2024 ballot under the rarely used insurrection clause of the Constitution. Today, the plaintiffs called an extremism expert who testified that Trump has a close relationship with far-right extremists and that they clearly interpreted his calls to protest the certification of President Joe Biden's win on January 6, 2021, as a call to arms. Later today... A law professor was to, se- was to testify about what the provision meant by insurrection and whether it could be applied to Trump for his words. Communities that were sheltering in place in the aftermath of Maine shootings are beginning to move forward, with kids returning to school and residents celebrating Halloween. But dozens of family members are stuck with loss, including a Maine woman who is still waiting for the arrival of her husband's body. Elizabeth Seals says she hopes to start finding closure. Her husband, Josh Josh Seal, was a father of four and an American Sign Language interpreter who appeared during Maine's daily pandemic briefings. An Army reservist opened fire on October 25th at two locations in Lewiston, Maine, killing 18 people and wounding 13 others. Chatbots like ChatGPT wowed with their ability to do tasks as good as or better than humans, thanks to the cutting-edge artificial intelligence systems. Now, frontier AI has become the latest buzzword as concerns grow that the emerging technology has capabilities that could endanger humanity. Everyone from the British government to top researchers and even major AI companies themselves are raising the alarm about frontier's AI as yet unknown dangers and calling for safeguards. The debate comes to a head Wednesday at a summit focused on frontier AI. The Biden administration is moving toward a narrower student loan relief plan that would target specific groups of borrowers rather than a sweeping plan like the one the Supreme Court rejected by the Supreme Court. Yesterday, the Education Department released a draft of new federal rules paving the way for a second attempt at loan relief. Though full details are likely months away, the department says it wants to provide relief to borrowers whose balances exceed what they originally owed. Those who have loans that entered repayment 25 or more years ago. Those who used loans to attend career training programs that led to unreasonable debt loans or insufficient earnings. And those who are eligible for other loan forgiveness programs but did not apply. And coming up, 
Samantha Riddle will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Lydia Montague will be in with the FM88 Sports Report. Stay with us. and concentrate on fishing. Besides, there's nothing good to listen to on the radio nowadays. Here we go again. Back in my day, music was good. It played all those good oldies that I love. Of course, they were called newies back then. But Grandpa, if we turn to 88.1 WMUL, we can listen to oldies. We can also listen to alternative, blues, jazz, hip-hop, and more. Oh, that in one station? Then hurry up, boy, get that radio working. 88.1 WMUL, the cutting edge since 1961. Here's your cappuccino, miss. Great, thanks. Coffee with cream? Look, almost half of all new STD infections are among young people 15 to 24 years old. Yet most infections have no symptoms. The only way to know for sure is to be tested. So GYT, get yourself tested. Visit GYTnow.org to find an STD testing location near you. A message from CDC. Welcome back to New Center 88. I'm Samantha Riddle, and it is now time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently outside of the WMUL studios, it is a bone-chilling 50 degrees. Tonight we will dip down into the upper 30s, so make sure to grab a jacket before you head out tonight. Tomorrow we will see highs around 47, with lows near 26, making it very much colder than today. As we look towards this week, on Thursday, we will see highs in the upper 50s and lows in the lower 30s. Today's weather word of the day is dry thunderstorm. Dry thunderstorm is a generally high-based thunderstorm where lightning is observed, but little, if any, precipitation reaches the ground. Most of the rain produced by the thunderstorm evaporates into relatively dry air located beneath the the storm cell. Dry thunderstorms are notorious for starting wildfires. Thank you to weatherology.com for that information. And that does it for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently outside of the WMUL studios, it is a bone-chilling 50 degrees. For News Center 88, I'm Samantha Riddle. Thanks, Samantha. Now Lydia Montague joins us with the FM 88 Sports Report. Thank you, Waylon. First up in today's FM88 Sports Report, Marshall University Athletic Director Christian Spears announced the university's search for a new head women's soccer coach Monday. Michael Swan was relieved of his duties after spending four seasons with the Herd with a final overall record of 17-37-8. The team finished his final season with a record of 7-9-1 and 2-8 in Sunbelt Conference play. The seven wins are the most the team has accumulated since 2015. Spears announced that the women's soccer program is looking for a candidate that will take the team to championship level and build excitement at Hoops Family Field and within the community. In other herd sports news, women's golf is currently in their second day of play at the FBCI Invitational at the Cliffs at Walnut Cove. The Invitational is hosted by UNC Asheville and will conclude the fall season for the team. Marshall will be one of 10 teams competing for the tournament title. The tournament begins with 36 holes of action on Monday and will finish out today starting this morning. Golfers competing include Casey McIlvain, Emily McGlatchey, Abby Bull, Hannah Shrout, and one-time SBC Golfer of the Week, Olivia Koken, 
who claimed the award earlier this season. Marshall men's soccer will conclude their regular season with a home match at Hoops Family Field. Ranked number six after a 2-0 loss to Kentucky two weeks ago, the Herd will head into this matchup with a 13-2 overall record and a 6-2 in conference, placing them at second in SBC rankings. They will be competing against SBC opponent University of South Carolina, who sits at fifth in the conference with an overall record of 5-7-3 and and a conference record of 3-3-2. The Herd beat Old Dominion 2-0 on Friday and will be heading into the match with a streak of one win. A goal from freshman Brian Amaro put the team up one, and the 10th assist of the season from sophomore forward Matthew Bell to fifth-year winger Alex Ajedi finalized the Herd's win against the Monarchs. Gabriel Perota gained another shutout during the match, making two saves and averaging 7.5 saves per match, ranking him number one in the SBC for this stat. The Herd has the possibility to clinch the second seed in the tournament with a win or draw against the Gamecocks tonight and can win the regular season title depending on the results of the University of Central Florida versus James Madison University game. If UCF loses or draws with the Dukes, the Herd will take the title. USC will head into tonight's matchup with a 4-3 win against Coastal Carolina on Friday. The Gamecocks currently lead the conference in corner kicks with 6.33 per match and are second in the conference in saves at 4.13 per contest. Adam Luckhurst, senior forward, is fifth in the SBC for goals, leading his team with an overall total of six throughout the season. In SBC Sports News, the Women's Soccer SBC Tournament began Monday in Foley, Alabama at the Foley Sports Tourism Complex. Ten SBC teams will compete for the title, including number 1 South Alabama. After winning the regular season title, South Alabama will enter the tournament with seven of these titles under their belt and an undefeated regular season for the first time in program history. They will enter the tournament with a record of 14-0-3 overall. Old Dominion sits at second going into the matchup after winning the SBC Tournament Championship last season. They will compete with a 10-2-5 record overall. Six teams entering the tournament are ranked top 70 in overall RPI standings with South Alabama sitting at 25th and Georgia Southern at 50. With the tournament already underway, the first game was won by Seed 7 Georgia State against Seed 10 Southern Mississippi, allowing the Panthers to enter the quarterfinals after a 1-0 victory. Seed 8 Texas State and Seed 9 Louisiana competed for the next quarterfinal spot with the Bobcats eventually overtaking their opponent for a final score of 2-1. The championship game is scheduled for Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time as the tournament will take place throughout the week. In other SBC news, Marshall Football will host Georgia Southern during Week 11 of college football as the game will be elevated to the NFL Network. The Sunbelt Conference, in conjunction with ESPN, announced that the game would be elevated to the Linear Network in late September and will take place at 7 p.m. on Saturday, November 11th. Marshall is leading 5-2 in the all-time series with five straight wins in the past two decades. The Herd won the first Sunbelt matchup against Georgia Southern last season with a final score of 23-10. The MLB World Series is officially underway as Monday saw Game 3, the Texas Rangers versus the Arizona Diamondbacks take place with positive results for the Rangers. The Texas team overtook the D-backs 3-1, gaining a 2-1 advantage over the team. The game took place at Chase Field as the World Series returned to that location for the first time since 2001. The Rangers, the first team in postseason history to go 9-0 on the road, played a solid game of consistent pitching even after losing their starting pitcher Max Scherzer going into the fourth inning. Scherzer, who was signed, drafted, and dumped by the D-backs before he joined the Rangers, suffered a back injury during fourth inning warm-ups, throwing backup pitcher John Gray onto the field. Gray proceeded 
proceeded to pitch three scoreless innings, allowing only one hit throughout. Corey Seager carried the team in points with an overall .300 batting average and finished with a .908 on-base plus slugging average against the Diamondbacks. Seager hit a two-run homer in the third inning to put the Rangers up for the rest of the game. The Texas Rangers are now two victories away from the program's first possible World Series title. That's all for your FM88 Sports Report. I'm Lydia Montague. Thanks, Lydia. Coming up, the Bidens hand out books and candy while hosting children for trick-or-treating. Stay with us to find out more right after this on News Center 88. Merlin, I need your help. The armies of darkness are at Camelot's gates, but Excalibur is destroyed. Fear not, Arthur, for I have in my hands a weapon far more powerful than the world has ever seen. The pure, sweet song of its blade leaving the sheath is able to pierce the air itself. This sword doesn't have a name. It is WMUL, the cutting edge. You've supported her through every accomplishment in her life. Cross, Paul, I tied my shoes. While your ultimate goal is to teach her to stand on her own. Let go, let go, I can do it. There are things she just can't do without your support. There were drugs and alcohol at the party. Talk with the teens in your life. And if they're in substance abuse treatment and recovery, support them. Help them turn the hardest thing they've ever done into their greatest accomplishment. For information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. And finally, today on News Center 88, gray skies and drizzle added a spooky element, and books were as abundant as candy at Halloween Eve trick-or-treating that President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden hosted at the White House. Yesterday's Hallow Read event featured book giveaways and story readings by the First Lady, White House Press Secretary, Education Secretary, and others. The First Lady showed her spirit by sporting feline ears, a tail, and black nose. She said she was dressed as her cat, Willow. Jean-Pierre sported a halo and angel wings, saying she chose that over a devil costume. As the costume-clad kids walked up along the driveway, Biden dropped M&Ms or Hershey Kisses in a little boxes stamped with the presidential seal into their bags or buckets. The First Lady also handed out books. And that does it for this edition of News Center 88. Tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the Tri-State area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Emma Johnson, Samantha Riddle, Lydia Montague, Peyton Sisko, Waylon Smith, and for the entire News Center 88 team, I'm Luke Hamilton, wishing you a night of full of frights and a bag full of delights. Happy Halloween. <laughs>